stand to your feet. We're in a series called Stretch. This is the last weekend, and uh, we're going to take some time to read through this verse, and I'm going to teach you some principles today. In fact, today really is about you. Today is about you, and I want you to open your heart because God wants to say something. I want us to read this verse. It's found in Isaiah 54, verse 2. Come on, Santa Paul, if you haven't stood, why don't you stand? Blythe, why don't you stand? All, in fact, if you're joining us in Ohio or Michigan or Latvia, you can stand and honor the reading of God's word right there in your home if you want to. Let's all, in, let's all declare God's word together. Here we, here we go. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Let's read. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. We've been going through this verse for the last four weeks. We're going to finish up this weekend. I want you to close your eyes. Will you do something with me? Will you start by praying with me for all those that have been affected by the fires? God, today we pray there are still people that have not made it home yet because they can't get to their house. Maybe there's smoke issues. But Lord, I pray right now that you would be, as the scripture says, an ever-present help in time of need. Lord, be present in these moments with every family, every person. I pray you give them peace. Sometimes it can mess with our head and our, our mind and we can become anxious. I pray that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, would keep their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I pray that you'd speak to each person, encourage each person. person. I pray that you'd provide for every need, both financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally. We bless those that have been affected. We pray for them. Strengthen them. And now, Lord, I pray you'd stretch us. In fact, say that with me. Say, stretch me. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Thank you. This passage is a scripture that was, it was a prophetic message that was spoken to the children of Israel by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah had prophesied, you see what had happened is the children of Israel, because of their continued disobedience, God said, if you continue to disobey, there's going to be consequence for your disobedience, and you're going to go into a season of exile or captivity. And so what happened is the children of Israel were attacked by another uh, land, the Babylonian king, his armies came, attacked them, and uh, they were literally thousands, I think it was 4,600 were taken back to Babylon. But not only that, people in Israel, they basically spread out as refugees all throughout the region. But God said, I love you, I haven't forgotten you. And after 70 years, um, after the consequence has been paid, I'm going to, because of my love for you, I'm going to bring you back to the land that I promised you. And he said this, he said, when you return, don't come back with the same mindset. You need to think differently. You need to stretch your vision. You need to believe for bigger things. You need to dream bigger. You need to go back with a, a stretch, expanded vision of what I can do. Because I'm not just going to bring you back. I'm going to bless not just the children of Israel, but I'm going to bless the Gentiles. And so we've been talking about this expanding season, this expanding vision. And that's really what Higher Vision is in right now, a vision of dreaming big and expanding Reaching beyond ourselves to see God do bigger and greater things. And I believe that God wants you to dream that way for your family. I believe he wants you to dream that way when it comes to your calling, your, 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 the, the business maybe that you own, or the area where you work, or the, the, where, the place where you teach, or the, the field where you coach. God wants you to dream bigger. Our church is all about that. It's helping you discover God's vision for your life. And here's the vision. God said, I can do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask, dream, or imagine. 
my vision is to help you find yours. And God says, I'm not just going to bring it to pass, but it's going to expand. It's going to be big. It's going to be better. And so today I want to continue on this theme. But before I do, I want to take just a couple minutes to show you how as a church we're reaching beyond ourselves. We learned that really last week, that God wants us to stretch beyond our reach. And we talked about the woman with the issue of blood, right? And how that literally she had gotten to the end of her reach. She'd spent everything she had. But then Jesus comes along and she stretches through the crowd and touches the edge of his garment and a miracle happens. And I want to tell you how as a church, we have a vision not just to see God move in the four walls, but to reach beyond the four walls of the church. And the way we do that is through Mission 2020. That card that, that uh, Tanner talked about, it's an opportunity for you if you feel the Lord leading you to make a commitment financially over the next 12 months to missions. To say, I want to give above and beyond my tithe to see God do something through all of us collectively. And so I want to show you how we're stretching. Now, some of you say, Pastor, you've already shared some of this stuff. Why are you doing it again? Well, let me tell you why. Because statistically in Southern California, most churchgoers only attend church once a month. Now, most of you are faithful coming every week or every other week, but a lot of people don't make it but once a month because of work or other issues. And so we've got to take an entire month to tell it over and over again so that our entire church family can hear and see what God is doing. So how many of you give me a little grace today? Yeah. If you're free, how many of you, if you've heard it before, will say, it's okay, pastor, you go for it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Two of you raised your hand. I mean, I don't know. Come on. How many would say, okay, you go for it, pastor Jerry. All right. And if you haven't heard this, guess what? You got to see what God is doing through you and me, all of us together. Let me show you what we're doing and how we're stretching beyond our reach. Number one, we're doing it locally. We give to a ministry called the Pregnancy Center. And you know what? That ministry last year saw several hundred children born that would have been aborted. How many think that's worth stretching for? Not only that, we support Light of Hope, and it's a ministry that helps people get set free from addiction. I had two young, um, young people come to me after last service and said, thank you, Pastor Jared, for supporting Light of Hope because we're in that ministry and we're getting free. Come on, isn't that worth us supporting? We also support Malachi Men. That's a ministry that goes into the prison across the freeway here and shares the love of Jesus, teaches men how to follow Christ, how to be good parents, how to walk with integrity. So we're ministering in the prisons and we buy their curriculum every year. That's one thing we do. Another thing is help the children. That's the ministry that all of these toiletries that, that we collect for the fire victims, that's where they're going today. We're taking it to that ministry and they're going to help distribute and take care of those things. That's one of the ministries we support. We're also doing it through our locations. One of our locations is out in Santa Paula. I'm so excited. Santa Paula, we're excited about what God is doing in your city. God is moving through that church. Lives are being changed. We're in the process right now of remodeling that whole campus. I can't wait to show you the pictures. Santa Paula, God is doing something with you, so hang in there and be strong. Come on. Let's hear it for Santa Paula. Come on, amen. They're joining us right now in this service live. Canyon Country location. Last weekend, we had our second preview service. 400 people showed up. A ton of people got saved. God is moving on that side of the valley. In fact, how many of you got to go be a part of our Canyon Country service last week? Amen. We're so glad you came. And guess what? We're going back in November. And in January, we're starting every single week. I'm flying back and forth, not literally, but in a car. And uh, we're getting over there preaching and coming back live here. It's, it's awesome what God is doing because we're expanding our reach. 
Another thing that we're doing is our SCV outreach. And that is we have a ministry that goes into Bridges to Home, which is the local area where they take people in. It's the, the place where people have lost a place to stay or they're homeless. And it's a shelter where they can go and have a place to sleep. We go there twice a month and we provide food for them and feed them. Not only that, we're starting through our outreach a special circle that's to support people that are struggling with mental issues or have family or friends that are struggling with mental issues. We're developing and buying that curriculum. How many know that's worth reaching for and investing in? So that's one of the things we're doing locally beyond the four walls of this church. That's how we reach, right? And how we stretch. But let me show you what we're doing nationally. Nationally, we're supporting Blythe location. I'm so excited because in Blythe, California, Two years ago, there was an old dilapidated building in a town with 20,000 people, and 11,000 of them were in the prison. That's literally the truth. And, and uh, 10,000 are left in the city. It was an old building with four people in their 70s, broken down, but we sent a young pastor there by the name of Clint Saino. By the way, he's preaching at the end of the year, and you're going to get to hear his story. And guess what? In the last two years, last or four weeks ago, I was there, and 150 people were there on a Sunday morning. People were getting saved. But here's the thing. They're building. They've been, done a lot of work on it. It looks fantastic, but they've got these old pews in there. And because of those old pews, they can't use that building except for on Sunday morning for a service. They can't do an outreach where they do a dinner or they can't have the youth come in and do an event. So you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to give $10,000 and they're replacing all their pews. They're going to rip them out, put in chairs so they can stack the chairs and use it 24-7. How many know that's worth investing in? In fact, can I give you a testimony? Someone came to Ed, my assistant today, and said, hey, tell me how much those chairs are. And it sounds like that they might be investing and in taking care of that as a pledge to missions. How many, isn't it awesome what we can do together? Wow. We'll see what God's doing there. Then you know what's cool is we, we support a ministry called ARC. And ARC is a ministry that plants churches. And last year, through our giving and other churches around the country, we planted 86 churches across America last year. Isn't that awesome? You did that when you stretched and you gave to missions. Let me tell you now what we're doing internationally. We're going back to Mexico and there's a church that needs a building. So guess what? We're going to provide the money to pay for the lease on a building in one of the worst cartel crime infested areas of Mexico. The love of Jesus is going to be shared because we're going to stretch together. We're also going to Cambodia and we're giving money to a SWAT team that's going to go in and rescue women and children out of a brothel. And when they come out, they're going to put them in a home where they hear about Jesus and they give them a skill so they they can provide for their families. That's what we're doing together in Cambodia. We're also going to Africa this year. When we go to Kenya, we're going to plant and build five churches in the nation of Kenya through villages and areas where there is no church. We're going to put up these roofs. And when you do, the church grows because it rains all the time and people want to get out of the rain. And so they come to church and they hear about Jesus and they get that heavenly rain. Come on, right? And then we're going to go to Haiti. We built a church in Haiti, but now we're going to build an orphanage that's connected to that church so that they can reach out to the kids that have no place to live and minister and share the love of Christ. We're also going to Lebanon. Pastor James just got back, and here's what we're doing in 2020. We're going to fund a Bible school for an entire year in the, land, um, in the nation of Lebanon. And not only that, we're going to plant four churches to five churches, their tent churches, in the middle of a Syrian refugee camp that's Muslim, we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing together. Amen. Then we're going to the Philippines and we're planting churches and building churches in um, 
remote villages that are Muslim, and we're going to share the love of Jesus. We're also going to Hungary, and we're going to equip pastors and plant churches there as well. I wanted to show you two areas that we've done in the past, just to let you see some things we've done as well. One of those is Global Point Ministries. Um, you know, it's awesome. How many know that people need the Word of God? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So this ministry that we gave towards, they've given out 20,000 Bibles in languages in the local um, area and what they speak. So to give you a couple pictures, we have um, one is in the nation of Cuba. They took, those are boxes filled with Bibles. And let me see the next picture. And you can see now people that are receiving for the first time a Bible in their language where they can read the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? They didn't just go to Cuba, but they went to Cambodia, and you can see the, the people in Cambodia now have their own Bible that they can read and hear about Jesus. They didn't just go to Cambodia, but they went to Haiti. How many, you know, in our nation, some of you literally have three and four and five Bibles laying around in your house that aren't even being written, uh, read. And there are people around the world that don't even have the gospel. How many are thankful that we can take the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what we do together. Let me tell you one more thing that we did. And that is through Messenger International. Last year, one of the things that John Bevere's ministry went to, to other nations and said to pastors, what do you need? Do you need Bibles, whatever? And one of the things they said is we need teaching resources that we can give to people. So you know what we did as a church last year? We gave enough money to take his book, Kryptonite, to have it translated into the language there in the Philippines. And we were able, through their ministry, to give 10,000 copies of that book to pastors. There are some pastors right there that hold the book that they could take back to their churches and teach them about the power of Jesus Christ. Isn't it awesome what we can do when we stretch together? Amen? I'm telling you, I get pumped about what we do when we give together. So what I want to do today is I want to take this passage and I want to finish the, the scripture we've been reading in, in the book of Isaiah. Let's go back to that passage, Isaiah 54, verse 2. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. We learned in week one that God wants us to stretch our faith and he wants us to stretch beyond our comfort zone. How many know you'll never walk on water if you stay in the boat? So we got to get beyond the comfort zone. And then we learned in week two that we need to not spare. Do not spare, right? Or, and that, the idea was, is that we need to spare no expense. That if we'll release what we have, God will multiply it. The little boy with the, the you know, he had the, the two-piece meal from Long John Silver's. And he, he gave it away, right? And when he did, God multiplied it. And so we learned that we've got to spare no expense, but stretch our resources. And that's how we're doing that through giving. But we also learned last week that we need to lengthen the cords. And last week we learned that you need to get beyond where you reach now. In other words, when the tent expanded, it had a larger imprint, a larger influence. God wants us to expand our influence. But sometimes you got to get beyond your reach. The woman with the issue of blood, she had tried everything. She had spared no expense. She had reached to her end, the, the, the ending point. She's given everything she had to get better. And then finally, Jesus comes to town, and she reaches through the crowd, extends beyond her reach, touches his robe, and the miracle comes. And that's what we're doing as a church. We're expanding the vision. Well, I want to give you the last principle, and that is, I want you to all say it with me. Santa Paula, I want you to say it. Blythe, I want you to say it. Latvia, you say it in your language. Now, Mexico, you say it in Spanish. You ready? Let's all read it together. The last phrase, and strengthen your stakes. That was okay. Let's try it one more time. Come on. I want, you, I want Santa Paula to hear you. Come on. All together. Ready? And, and strengthen your stakes. I want to talk to you about strengthening your stakes. 
Today, we're going to take a couple minutes, and I want to give you the last theme on this series stretch. And here's the idea, is that stretching requires strengthening. Stretching requires strengthening. When I read through this passage, Isaiah gives us an analogy or a picture that the children of Israel would have understood. And he said, if you're going to have a bigger vision, you've got to stretch the tent. They lived in tents, so they understood this. They set them up and tore them down. They knew what it was like. And when they would make the tent bigger, the women would sew goat skins together to expand it. But then what had to happen is they had to then get longer cords to hold it up. Because the shorter cords weren't, weren't able to do it. So they would lengthen their cords. And then it says that they would strengthen their stakes. The way it works with a tent is you have a, a stake. How many here have ever put together a tent? And at the end of the little ropes that kind of hold the tent up, you have these stakes. And what do you do? You drive the stake into the ground. The problem is, is if the tent gets bigger and the ropes get longer... The stake may not be strong enough. Wait, let me try that again. I missed, missed the board. Here we go. Straight. Okay, it's true. Oh, see what happened? Because the problem is, is that the stake is not strong enough to keep the vision in place. So what he says is, he says, listen, in this expanding vision, you can't just expand the vision and lengthen your reach. You've got to strengthen the stake. Because if the stake is stronger, it'll be able to continue to keep the vision in place. Why am I talking about this? Because as I was praying, I realized something I want you to repeat after me, say, I'm the stake. You realize that the vision that God has given us through this church to touch the nations requires vision and it requires stakes. It requires something that will help keep it in place and make it happen. Somebody say, I'm the stake. Now, those of you that are hungry, you're thinking of the wrong stake. <laughs> I had someone come to me last night. They're like, Pastor, you start talking about stakes. We're going to... Uh, a wood Ranch Grill, and we're going to get a steak. The problem is, is that a lot of times the kingdom of God is called to expand. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The kingdom should be expanding, but the problem is a lot of times the kingdom isn't expanding. People aren't getting saved, and here's why. Because the stakes, somebody say, I'm the stake, look like this. And what I believe God is telling me, it's time for you and I to quit being this and to start becoming this. God is calling us to be strong. God is calling us to have strength. And so what I want to do today is I want to help you. I want to teach you some principles to get stronger. Has anybody been in a season where you felt like you were weak and you needed strength? So I'm going to help you today by using a passage in the Bible, a story in the Bible, so that you and I can learn how to get strong. Because I, don't, I want to tell you something, there are going to come seasons that the enemy is going to come at you. There are, become, there are going to be seasons where you're going to go through trials. Come on, anybody ever gone through a trial? Listen, I want to tell you something, God wants to make you strong. So how do we get strong? How do we become that stake that can keep the vision in place for our family, for our calling? for our city and for our world, here's the first way. 
Write this down. How do you get strong? Number one, you go to the Lord for strength. Now, I'll be honest with you, today I'm not going to do as much teaching as I'm going to do preaching. Because I get passionate about this, so the angry elf might come out. He's an angry elf. I'm not angry at anyone. I just get a little passionate and get a little loud. Sometimes, coming from a Pentecostal background, I'll get my preach on. (laughs) Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Because I believe that God wants to make you strong. I believe today that God has sent me here to share this truth with you because no more living like this. It's time for the enemy to to stop bending you and you to learn to stand strong and be and fulfill and do everything God has placed in your heart to do. Amen? So how do we get strong? Number one, we go to the Lord for strength. And I want to show you a scripture in the Bible. Here's what it says in 1 Samuel 30. Now, David was greatly distressed. In other words, he was downhearted. He was weak. He was tired. He was drained. For the people spoke of stoning him. How many know that to kind of tire you out and worry you and make you weak? To know everyone wants to take you out. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. Watch what happens. In this moment of weakness, how does he get strong? The Bible says, but David, what? Come on, I want to say that word again. I want everyone in every campus to say it, every location, everyone online. Come on. But David, what? He strengthened himself. How? In the Lord. God strengthened him. I'm going to tell you, one of the ways that you're going to get stronger is that you go to the Lord. Now, let me give you context. David had just come back with his 600 warriors, three days travel, and as they get back, they ride into town, and their town looks like Santa Clarita. You know why? Because everything's burning. This wasn't uh, uh, a spark that ignited a fire. This was the Amalekites. Anybody remember the Amalekites a few months ago when I preached on Hands Up and how they attacked the people of God? And how many know that sometimes the thing that, that attacked you in the past sometimes will rise up and come at you in the present? And so now here we are, you know, hundreds of years later, the Amalekites come back and they've attacked his camp. They've burned his houses. They've taken his wife and kids. They've taken their animals. They've taken their resources. They've stolen everything. And when they get back into the town, everything is gone. And the Bible says that they sit down, David and his men, and they weep until they can weep no more. And in this moment of brokenness, how many know sometimes when you think it's bad, it can always get worse? Because at the moment when they think all has happened and it can't get any worse, now they say, David, if this is your fault, we're going to stone you. And in this moment when he's at the lowest of lows, he's strengthened. But let me tell you how he isn't strengthened. He isn't strengthened because he got the perfect trainer. He isn't strengthened because he eats supplements and has lots of veggies. He isn't strengthened because he got the right self-help book. Let me stop and say there's nothing wrong with self-help books. There's nothing wrong with going to the gym. There's nothing wrong with eating healthy. But I'm telling you that will never give you the strength that God can give you because the true strength you need comes from the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you want to get stronger, go to the Lord and the Lord will strengthen you. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, I'm going I'm to tell you something real quick. I had a God moment this week, and here was the God moment. This story that I'm sharing with you, I've wanted to tell it all four weeks. For some reason, I kept feeling like the Lord said, no, not this week. No, not this week. So I got to this week. I'm like, God, I'm telling that story this week because this is the last week of the series. 
And I felt like the Lord said, yeah, tell the story. <laughs> and, and here's the part that was awesome about the story, is I realized this week it was all about strength, strength in the stakes. And then I went to this story and I started studying it, and guess what that word strengthened himself in the Lord is? It's the exact same Hebrew word that we find in the word strengthen your stakes. That's not to me a coincidence. When God says strengthen your stakes and it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, it means that he got stronger. You see, when you get in the right presence, suddenly things will change. Your mindset will change. I'll never forget, I was um, uh, getting uh, lessons to learn how to swim when I was a little kid. And, and uh, you know, I was scared of the water and I was scared of heights. And one of the things you had to do to graduate from this class is you had to jump off the high diving board. So I'm, I'm double jeopardy here. I don't, I'm scared of the water and I'm scared of heights. And so at the end of the class, and I was struggling through the class, and I was a little kid. I don't remember how old I was, maybe four years old, five years old. And I got up on this, this board and I walked to the end and, and everyone is encouraging. Everyone said, hey, jump, you can do it, Jared, you can do it. And, and the more they talked, the, the, the more scared I got. <laughs> but then suddenly, in the midst of all this weakness and fear, my eyes landed on my mom. And my mom didn't even really have to say anything. She just had to look at me. And when I saw her, and when I saw those little words coming from her mouth, you got this. So I was like, oh, okay. And I jumped and I screamed all the way down. <laughs> I had dozens of voices trying to strengthen me, but... You can try everything the world has to offer. You can try everything that this world has for you. But there is nothing like the voice, like the strength that comes from the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you're going to be strong, go to the Lord for strength. Come on, somebody say amen. That's what the scripture says. Let me tell you quickly. Psalm 105. Search for the Lord and for his what? Strength. Let's look at now Psalm 28. I love this verse. The Lord is my strength and shield. I will trust with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. The Lord gives his people strength and he is a safe fortress. You're going to get stronger. In fact, can I just give you a high five? Come on, everybody give me a spiritual high five right here. Come on, Santa Paula Bly, high five right there. You came to the Lord this morning. You made God part of your day and the Lord is where you will find your strength. I want to give you the second thought and the second thought is this. Go to God's word for strength. Go to God's word for strength. Notice David, he's down, he's discouraged, he's depressed, and he strengthens himself in the Lord. He gets in the presence of the Lord, and suddenly his mindset changes. And then what's the very next thing he does? The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, so then David inquired of the Lord. He said, I need a word from God, saying, shall I pursue the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, and God spoke to him through the prophet, through the, the priest, and said, pursue, for you so surely overtake them, and without fail, you will recover them all. First thing David does is he goes to the Lord. The second thing he does is he goes to God's word. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing that will fill you and strengthen you like the word of God. But see, here's what you understand. David didn't have a Bible like we have. In those days, they had scrolls, and those scrolls were, were written by prophets 
so that when they would go to the synagogue, they could read scripture. Remember when Jesus walked into the synagogue, opened the scripture and read in Luke where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. Set liberty to them that are bruised, right? That, that set the captive free. He said, today this has been fulfilled in your eyes. He was reading scripture. But now you got to notice in this story, David isn't in Israel. He had to run for his life because Saul's trying to kill him. So there is no word of God that he can get. He's in the foreign land. There is no scrolls. There are no, so what does he do? He goes to the priest who happened to come with him. And in those days, the priest could also hear God for someone and give them what we would call today a prophetic word. So the priest goes and gets a word from God. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a word from God in season that'll give you strength. Can I tell you, it happened today. I'm preaching on getting a word from God. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I, I was in a place of brokenness, sadness, weakness, and I was trying to decide at my last church, after 21 days of fasting and prayer, whether I should leave or I should stay. I went to Australia. When I get, I've told this before, some of you bear with me. I went to Australia. I get to the south of Australia, thousands of miles away from home. I'm supposed to preach. The pastor comes to me and says, Pastor Jared, I'm really sorry, but we made a mistake and we double booked the church this weekend. So we're going to have the guy who we, we accidentally double booked, have him preach in the morning, have you preach at night. I'm like, okay, no problem. He said, but we want you to lead a worship song on Sunday morning. So I got up and led a song, sat down. The man got up to preach. And as he stood up to preach, he said, before I preach, God has given me a word for the young man from America. And he looks at me, and I was on the front row right about where you are. He looks at me, and he says, young man, the Lord would say to you, you are not to leave, but you are to stay. 21 days fasting and praying, shall I leave or shall I stay? And then he went on to give this prophetic word about how that when I went home, if I stayed, that God was going to unveil this vision and the things that I had in my heart were going to be accomplished. And then he said this, and when the time comes for you to leave, you're going to know it and everyone around you is going to know it. And there's going to be peace in you leaving. And I went home having heard the word from God. I was strengthened and I went after ministry with all my heart and many things that I believed for took place. Miracles happened. The, the, the ministry began to grow. We began to touch the nations. And then a few years later, God spoke to me and said, plant a church called Higher Vision. And when the time came, I went to my pastor and he said, it's time you need to go for it. And now we're here today because the word of God strengthened me. This morning, I woke up and literally on my phone, I got a prophetic word from someone who I've heard from two times in 15 years. On the morning, I'm preaching about the strength of God that comes through a prophetic word. And you know what he said? Here's the nutshell. Jared, you're in a, basically an expanding season. Come on, somebody. He said, it's time to dream big. Come on, how many know we just need a word to give us strength sometimes? That's why you need to come to the outpouring next Sunday night, because prophetic ministry takes place. But sometimes the word isn't a prophetic word or a living word for the moment. It's God's written word. So I'm going to tell you, you need the word of God, God's written word in your life. That's why some of us struggle with issues in our life when we're trying to get better and stronger and healthy, but yet we keep falling to the same temptation. So here's what the Bible says. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. In other words, when I get the word inside me, it strengthens me and builds me and makes me stronger to fight temptations and to get victory. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? So you need God's word to read his word, to study his word. Why? Because it'll make you stronger. That's why you should read through the Bible every year. You say, take, take passages and read them. Quote them to yourself. Quote them to the Lord. 
We need God's word. In fact, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here's what we're going to do. In fact, Jesus said, I am the word. I am the living bread. Remember when Elisha ate the living bread? He ate the bread from heaven and he got up and ran for 40 days. Come on, that's pretty strong. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat the living word right now. You're going to get stronger right now. Get out your plate in the spirit. Put on your napkin in the spirit. Get your fork in the spirit. And right now we're going to eat and we're going to get strong. You ready? Everyone's going to do it with me. Everybody online is going to do it with me. Every location is going to do it with me. Here we go right now. Psalm 1834. You ready? Together. He trains my hands for battle, and he strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. Come on, let's keep going. Psalm 18. You ready to keep eating? Here we go. The Lord is my and my song. He has given me victory. Anybody feel a little stronger already? Come on, let's keep eating. Let's keep eating. You ready? Psalm 29. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Come on, let's keep going. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Come on, now let's read Isaiah 45. I want to hear you in Santa Paula. Ready? The people will declare, the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. I don't know about you, but I feel stronger right now. Come on, keep reading 1 Kings 18. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Come on, how many know that's strong when you outrun a chariot? Come on, let's keep eating. Ready? Isaiah 41. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up and my victorious right hand. Come on, anybody thankful for God's word? Come on, one more. Nehemiah 8, 10. I want to hear you all the way in Blythe. Ready? This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Come on. Now it's time for dessert. Isaiah 49. Ready? And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. Come on, now we're eating the ice cream. Second Thessalonians. But the Lord is faithful. He is strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Anybody feel strong in the Lord? Amen. Go to the Lord for strength. Go to his word for strength. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I was tired coming into this service. But I don't feel tired now. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Let me give you the last thought. I got to bring this to a close. We're going to land this plane. Not only do you go to the Lord for strength, not only do you go to his word for strength, but you need to go to your church family for strength. I'm going to end this story by telling you what happened. The, the 600 got the word from God and they took off chasing the enemy to, to defeat the enemy, to try to find it and get back their families. And along the way, something happened. 1 Samuel 30, hang on and I'll have you start in a minute. David pursued he and 400 men. Notice that says 400, not 600. He started with 600, but it says that 400 pursued. 
And it says, for 200 stayed behind. Where did they stay behind? Not in the camp at Ziklag. But when they came to this place called Brook Bezor, who were so weary that they could not cross the, the Brook Bezor. So along the way, 200 of them get so exhausted, so weak, that they can't cross the river. And so they stay behind and 400 go on without them. David, they chase down the enemy, they defeat the enemy, they get back their wives, their children, their animals, their possession, but not only that, come on, how many know we serve a God who can burst at the seams, pour over the top, can't contain it kind of blessing? They end up getting all of the plunder that this army had taken from all over the region, so they didn't just get back what the devil had stole from them, they got it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And they get it all back, and as they're driving back, or they're coming back to the, the river of Brazor, a couple selfish guys say to David, David, you know what? Those 200 that got weak and tired, they shouldn't get all the extra. Let's just give them their families. And then David responds, and here's what he says. No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. We share and share alike. Those who go to the battle and those who guard the equipment. And then he says this in the next verse. From then on, David made this decree and regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. Basically, what this says is that David said, he, he tells us something there, and, and it was part that we hadn't, hadn't read, and we, we, you didn't realize. Look what it says. It says that the ones who stayed behind... They ended up guarding the equipment. And here's what's interesting about that. Is sometimes, here's the point. When we're weak, we don't think we have anything to contribute. But what you don't realize is that even if you're weak, maybe you're in a season where you're strong right now and everything's going great. Or maybe you're in a season where you're weak and you're just struggling to get by. But can I tell you, whether you're on a mountain or in a valley, whether you're strong or you're weak, guess what? God has given you something to contribute. Because what happened is the 200 said, we can't go any farther. We're exhausted. And so what does David say? Well, well, this is perfect. You keep all the supplies, and that'll lighten the load, which means we can go faster. And let me stop and say, some of you right now, you're in a season in your life where you're not able to say, I'm going to go help make Canyon Country location a success. I'm not going to drive 20, mile, 20 minutes across town and help with that campus because there's just too much going on our season of life. I can't do it. But here's the good thing. Even if you don't go to face the war, you can still watch the supplies. You can be here and you can faithfully attend here and you can faithfully give here and you can faithfully worship here and you can help out in some of the areas where we've lost people that have moved over. You see, everyone has a place. Everyone has something to give. But here's the cool thing. Even if you're weak, if you just contribute what you have, Here's what David says, the ones who go into battle and the ones who stay behind, if they'll stay connected and they'll serve one another and they'll be a part of the family, they're both going to get the same reward. In other words, just like God is going to heal some people in Canyon Country, guess what? He's going to heal some people in Valencia. And just like he puts a marriage back together in Canyon Country, there's going to be some marriages come back together here. Because you see, when we come together and we give what we can give, God uses that spirit of, of, of unselfishness, that spirit of being committed and connected together to release his divine blessing above and beyond what you could even ask dream or imagine and here's the cool thing is they wouldn't have got what God had for them 
Think about that. Even in their weakness, they wouldn't have got what God had for them if they hadn't been willing to use what they had. God has something for you. I'm telling you, God's going to make a change. I want every campus, every location, every person online to look at me for a moment. God has not intended you to stay here. I declare in Jesus' name, you're not living here anymore. I declare in Jesus' name, your family's not going to live here anymore. I declare in Jesus' name that the church of Jesus Christ is not going to be like this anymore. Somebody say, I'm a stake. I declare in Jesus' name that you're going to have a new vision. You're going to stretch and you're going to see that there is more, that God can do more, that God has intended you to be a part of the tent and he's going to do great and mighty things if you'll do your part. Somebody say, I'm a stake. 